Greetings and welcome to the Audio Tidbits Podcast Network. We hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to the How to Matter Podcast. The podcast team is having another one of its idea generator sessions. Let's listen in and find out what ideas they are tossing around. We spend a lot of time and energy coming up with ideas for the How To Matter podcast and hoping that it makes some difference for our listeners. That gets me to wondering what difference we actually make. When we podcast, we are frequently giving our listeners advice which they may or may not want or need. That makes me wonder about this advice giving thing and whether it does much good one way or another. I think it was Steinbeck who said that no one wants advice. People mostly only want corroboration. He may have been excessively cynical but I think he did capture a grain of truth. The nub of it is in determining exactly what is being corroborated. Steinbeck's idea is that instead of advice, people usually want us to confirm and add our support to whatever they have already decided. As I think about this, considering Plutarch's dictum that you should keep to your own ways and leave mine to me seems well worth consideration although perhaps excessively cynical. To advise or not to advise? That may be the question. As I ponder my options, Tolkien's perspective in The Lord of the Rings expresses some of that advice that I may or may not find confirming, depending mostly on whatever I already think. Frodo says, go not to the elves for counsel, for they will say both no and yes. To that advice, Gilder replies, elves seldom give unguarded advice, for advice is a dangerous gift, even from the wise to the wise. Fortunately, Tolkien likely found a resolution to Steinbeck's dilemma. Never give unguarded advice, but if advice you must give, be sure it's corroborative. To do this I simply need to know two things. First, how to guard the advice and against what, and second, what I am corroborating and how to do that. That makes this advice giving thing pretty easy I think. We likely don't need any further advice about giving advice but even so, a couple of folks have shared perspectives that may speak to the question, if you are interested. Sure, at least I'm interested. I suspect the others are too. Okay, the first is Samuel Taylor Coleridge who said, advice is like snow. The softer it falls, the longer it dwells upon and the deeper it sinks into the mind. Advice should always be given as quietly and gently as a snowflake. Even then, know that it may freeze on contact. Elizabeth George Spear probably knew the secret, the answer is in their heart. They can always hear it, if they listens for it. There you go. The corroboration the person wants is in our hearts. We need to just be sure they receive it. That is so true. I am pretty sure people first want to know we care and then may or may not want or need our advice. I agree that we frequently are giving advice but if I can put a lighter twist on this advice giving thing, it's important not to get too carried away with it. John Wayne had a notion that may serve to help us not get too full of ourselves. I remind myself at least once a day or maybe it's only once in a while but I do occasionally need to remind myself that I am probably not nearly as smart as I think I am. The Duke said that life is tough, but it's tougher when you're stupid. I know it's surprising hearing Wayne confirm this. From first-hand experience, one might assume. Socrates said, the only true wisdom is in knowing you know nothing. Since knowing nothing and being stupid are pretty close to being equivalent, maybe Wayne had true wisdom as a compensating virtue. The interesting notion is that knowing nothing and true wisdom can possibly coexist. 
Sigmund Freud added to the critical perspective when he said, what a distressing contrast there is between the radiant intelligence of the child and the feeble mentality of the average adult. We have the word of no less authority than Freud and John Wayne. Stupidity, knowing nothing, feeble-mindedness, and wisdom may inhabit the same soul. That's likely why Woodrow Wilson advised, we should not only use the brains we have, but all that we can borrow. Wisdom seems to be the key to figuring out how this works, since being stupid, being feeble-minded, and knowing nothing are clear enough. Albert Hubbard offered a clue when he said, every man is a damn fool for at least five minutes every day. Wisdom consists in not exceeding the limit. Sure, damn fool gets added to stupid and so forth. But Hubbard hints at a way out of the denseness. Limit how often you are stupid, feeble-minded, know nothing, and are generally being a damn fool. Yes, this kind of self-control is tough but as St. Augustine said, patience is the companion of wisdom. The choice is between wisdom and stupidity. And although we, or at least I can be a damn fool right away, wisdom may take a while. For that I will need to be patient. What do I do while I am being patient? Doug Larson suggested, wisdom is the reward you get for a lifetime of listening when you'd have preferred to talk. There it is. Listen and learn. Wisdom will come in its own time, if I am patient and resist the temptation to be a damn fool. At least I hope it will come. As best I can tell, it hasn't settled in with me yet. I sure don't think you are all alone waiting for wisdom to come calling. If I don't miss my guess, I suspect all of us are still waiting. While we are just sitting around patiently waiting, we likely have time for one example of that helpful advice we so like to share. Who has something for us so we can get our minds off of just how wise we are not? Sure, I have something. Do you know about the toothache principle? No, that's one I have missed. Please do tell us about the toothache principle. Okay, it works like this. It was Vincent T. Foss who pointed out that one of the greatest labor-saving inventions of today is tomorrow. Although this certainly seems true, experience makes it clear that it isn't. Sooner or later, one pays the price of putting off important jobs. Why then do people, including me, act as if they can postpone what they know is necessary? Is it procrastination? Is it laziness? Is it irresponsibility? Is it fear? Is it indifference? It may be any or all of them but is likely none of them. Most likely, it is but a simple function of human nature. People tend to postpone unpleasant tasks as long as possible. It happens so often that it needs a cool name so everyone can remember that it is not just a bad habit or character deficit or inattention or something equally commonplace. Call it the toothache principle. You may have thought that TP referenced something else, but here it is the toothache principle. Now any of us might get a toothache out of the blue with no warning and apparently unrelated to past events or identifiable circumstances. That perfectly healthy tooth that has been regularly brushed, flossed, and checked by a dentist every six months just starts throbbing, aching, and causing psychic chaos and physical agony. It could be one of those aberrations, just one of those things, but probably isn't. Instead, it's likely the same tooth that hasn't been brushed quite as often as it should have been, wasn't flossed daily, hasn't been seen by a dentist for a long time, that hasn't received the level of attention it should have gotten. It's also the same tooth that started reacting to hot and cold a year or so ago and the same tooth that has been hurting off and on but not enough to schedule an appointment so the dentist could check it. It's shocking. 
Now there is a tooth emergency and maybe the only way to deal with it is to pull the tooth. You have likely seen this principle at work in a variety of situations from parents with their children, communities with public services, schools with the achievement of students, and on and on. It's also nearly a business as usual kind of thing within many organizations. For example, it happens in relation to inadequate employee performance and managers waiting until there is an emergency situation before firmly dealing with it. Just as the tooth emergency might have been avoided with some careful dental prevention, the employee emergency might have been avoided with some careful management prevention. Sure, it's a good idea but does fly in the face of human nature. The toothache principle is operating just fine at home, at work, in most schools and communities, and most everywhere people need to deal with things they don't like. As we relax and hope that things take care of themselves, we will do well to remember what Mignon McLaughlin had to say on the subject, don't fool yourself that important things can be put off till tomorrow, they can be put off forever, or not at all. It's just like Karen Lamb said, a year from now you may wish you had started today. I guess the key really is to always do our best to do today's business today. And speaking of business, that it is about all we have time for today. Thanks to all of you and a big thanks to our listeners. We do very much appreciate your sharing your time with us. Until the next time, take care and do what you can to make a difference with people who make a difference to you. Thank you for taking time to join us today. We hope you always matter to people who matter to you. Be well. Do well, and please visit us again on How to Matter. 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 How to Matter.